0: Well, I'm thankful for the Lord today. How about you? And I'm glad that we've got an advocate, somebody to go to, somebody we can call on. I'm thankful that he hears me when I call. And more than that, I'm thankful that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. That no matter if I get to that place where I just can't find the words, he's already seeing What's happening in my life? He already knows what I need. And and you know, sometimes he can tell. You ever just got down to pray but didn't even know what to say. I'm talking about you wasn't talking in tongues or nothing, you just cried. Or you just laid with your face on the floor. I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. But God sees what's going on in that heart, and when you can't form the words, he knows. Let me tell you, God knows about His people. He created us a grand design. God made us who we are. And I'm thankful, so thankful today that we didn't just happen on this earth, but that we were created in His image. I'm glad today that God made us. I want to read one verse of Scripture while you're standing this morning. Psalm one hundred and three, one hundred verse three. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. And I want to just preach for a few moments. I don't think I'll be very long today, but I want to. Remind us that it is God who has made you. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your presence. I thank you for such a wonderful congregation gathered together in your house today. And Lord, I ask today that you would bless and pour out, feed us with this word, give us understanding and wisdom. God, we're going to praise you for all these things and we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. And before you're seated, tell your neighbor, God made you. You can be seated. I love scripture that doesn't leave wiggle room that it doesn't really have to have anything else to explain it. It just means what it says. There's some knowledge that you and I need today. And we need to know that the Lord, He is God. But just knowing that, but see, there's a lot of people who believe that the Lord is God. A lot of people believe that. But they have problems with these next couple of lines. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. They have yet to give up that control for this new life that God has called us to and uh, understanding that it is God who has made us. Don't ever think that you can work on yourself better than God can. Don't ever think that you have a better solution than God has. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It is God who made us. Whatever we are, we were made by God. The Lord is our creator. Not a test to you, not even your parents get this credit. It is God who has made us. The Lord, our creator, the almighty, the king of kings. We are God's grand design. You've got to just quit hanging your hat on the fact that I know God. You've got to know that he made you and that you're his. He said he's made us and we are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. That means we are God's property. We belong to him. He even said in one place that all souls are mine, saith the Lord. So it ain't just enough to know that he's king of kings and lord of lords. I've got to know that he is my God, that he made me, that I belong to him. I'm his people. I am the sheep of his pasture. It's going to help you with getting along in your life if you can just realize and accept God made you. Does God make mistakes? You can answer. There ain't no trick question. No, we don't. You always say, does God make junk? No. If he called you, it wasn't a wrong number. The Bible says he has called us out of darkness into marvelous light. If he called you, it wasn't the wrong number. You ever get a phone call on these new cell phones? and I don't know who this is. Because you got a new number and it was somebody else's number. And they call you up saying, hey, man, when are we going to meet up again? I don't know. Because I don't know you. Wrong number. Or they just dial the number wrong. And, get and you call, answer the phone, hey, who is this? Or they text you. And you're like, who is this? Well, God don't ever do that. When he called you, it was for a reason and when he called you it had purpose he wants uh, to be active in your life he wants you to be active in the kingdom he wants you to realize that i'm more than just god sitting up in the heavens on a throne but i am the god who made you i didn't give that job to anybody else i didn't give that job to someone hey hey create something let's see what happens you know they trying to they want to clone people today they they want to build uh ai you know, artificial intelligence robots, and I've been—I've seen some pretty creepy ones uh, on uh, some of these articles. Man, they—they they look kind of real, and they're robots talking. Well, your phone can just about do that now. Hey Siri, what's up? Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, I actually uh, changed phones and and I left the Droid and went to the Apple, and I tell you what—that's a bad Apple. <laughs> if it was a ap- apple in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> Uh, uh, but you know that symbol's got one little bite out of it. What's up with that? Uh, y'all, y'all be telling people I'm creating a new doctrine, I'll about to quit while I'm ahead. Listen. What I'm telling you is this is that that God created you. The Savior. The God that fills heaven and earth, the God that wrapped Himself in flesh and died for your sins. He he, he created you. He's got a connection. And God created man in his image. Male and female created he them. God did that. It is God who has made us. And I'm going to tell you what, it wasn't just uh, made us as a being, but it, it is God who has made us who we are. For without him we can do nothing. And we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Through him we are thoroughly furnished unto good works. Uh, We're nothing without him. And so the Lord designed us, created us, made us. Psalm 139 and 14. I will praise thee. Now, there's a lot of reasons to praise God. The Bible says praise him according to his mighty acts, according to his excellent greatness. There's so many things that we can list, we can start. But listen, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I can praise him for my family, and I'm thankful for my family. I can praise him for food on my table and uh, shoes on my feet. I can praise him for making a way when there is no way. But this man right here said there's one area that we need to get. I'm going to praise God because he made me. And not just made me, but I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right well. There's one thing that God would intend for his children to get. Okay, that's the end of this. That microphone. There's one thing I believe that God wants his people to get down in their soul. Not just that he's the Lord God. Sure. Absolutely. But you have got to see yourself the way God sees you. And get a revelation of this that it's not being egotistical or prideful. Because listen, we're we're all made by him. We all come from the same source. And so regardless of our bank account or status in this world, we all came from the same one. And that blood has made us equal. The fact that we were all concluded under sin and concluded in unbelief so he could have mercy on all of us. He leveled the playing field. I believe he wants us to realize that God made us and loves us and has purpose for us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made he he wasn't just hey i got some scrap parts over here let's see what i can put together created in his image designed thought out created marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth well that's one thing i know inside of me that god made me special every one of you is special All of his people are special. Every single human is special to God because there's not a single one that if they would allow him, he would fill them with his spirit. They all have the potential to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. They all have the potential if they would believe to become the children of God. So sometimes when you're praising him, Lord, I thank you. For what you have made me. Instead of thanking him for your job. And thanking him for money in your pocket. How about. Lord I thank you for washing me whiter than snow. And I thank you God. Because despite of all that's wrong in my life. Or wrong with me. You love me. And you have made me to be your child. And I've got some work to do and some, some miles to go yet before I'm perfect. I have not already attained, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind, I'm reaching forward. Because you, you know, Paul knew it was, hey, this is a fight worth fighting because God invested in me. God made me who I am. He could have killed me, but instead he struck me down and gave me revelation and gave me purpose and sent me out to work for the kingdom. It's God who made you. Before you start tearing yourself down and making lists of your shortcomings, you better remember you're talking about the creator. When you start talking about the, you know, when you look at a a statue, a work of art, and you say, man, that's the ugliest thing. It don't hurt the statue. You're talking about the guy who took time to think it out and carve it or create it or paint it. You're saying, whoever did this made a piece of junk. Now, it might not appeal to you, but hey, it appeals to somebody. Somebody saw it and made it. And let me tell you, everybody might not look at you and say, Woo, look what God made. That don't matter. God looks at you and says, Woo, look what I made. Look at my child go. Look at what they can do. If they'll just believe in me and trust me, look at what the least of them can do. You need to spend time thanking God for who you are. And don't die on who you are not. The Bible says that the dead praise not the Lord. So with that in mind, don't die on who you are not. Oh, I have not achieved. I'm not at that level. So what? Keep serving God. I'm not as popular I'm not as proficient. I'm not as talented. So what? Keep going for God. Because let me tell you, you might not can do what they can do. But there's always something that you do that they can't do. Everybody's got a talent. Everybody's got a calling. Everybody's got a gift. God sets the body in order. God puts it in the right place. God decides what it'll do. The eye don't get to hear and the ear don't get to see. God designed it that way. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, the feet don't do what the hands do. They weren't intended to. Now, I know some folks got toes that look like fingers, but that ain't, still ain't a hand. Just go ahead and ruin your lunch for you. God designed us to pick up things with our hands, not our feet. And some folks can do it. More power to you. But God, if they can do it, God gave them the ability. If they can do it, God made it happen. God made us. God made us. And can I tell you something right now? We better get this knowledge. Because even the unrepented soul belongs to God. And the potential to be great is there. But how much more? The soul that has been called out of darkness. How much more the soul that has been washed by the blood of Jesus and filled with his spirit. How much more now that that spirit's inside of us, now that he's called us, how much more can we do? How much more can we do for the kingdom? Hey, I couldn't preach before him. I couldn't worship right before him. But now that he's come along, I do my best. I'm trying. Hey, God, I thank you for making me a preacher. And maybe I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but you made me. And I might not bring it across the way everybody likes it, but some do, and you made me. I'm not here to measure up to everybody else's yardstick. I'm talking about I'm measuring up to God. I know there's scripture to line up to. I know there's things that we have to walk in. We have to be holy because he's holy. That's not what I'm talking about. When Paul said, hey, Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth, they didn't make you. But the gift and calling that's on you, it was confirmed by the laying on of hands that come from God. He's told some, he said, you did run well, but who has hindered you? Uh, now and he said this persuasion didn't come from him that called you Let me tell you god He don't persuade you to get off the mark. He don't persuade you to quit serving him But when we start comparing and listening and, and trying to measure up to everybody else, that's where we stop Because if I can't do it like them You got to realize I say this sometimes jokingly, but I, I realize it that sometimes uh, People have to realize their limitations and understand and be happy where God has placed you and be willing to do what God has called you to do. You know, there's scripture uh, that talks about when they were building the temple and they were handing out jobs, that they they were giving jobs to people to do this and do that. And Everybody didn't have the most glamorous job to the flesh. And some went out in the front line where they could be seen. You know, there was one guy, he was the, the keeper of the oil. And you know where he stayed at? In the cellar. He stayed out of sight behind the scenes, but what, it was time for that service to go on, and they needed oil for the altar and oil for the people. You know who's bringing it up? Here he comes. He wasn't the priest, but he was the man keeping the oil. And he, was, he had to be happy in what God had called him to do so it could be done right. You need to remember the day that God made you, and maybe he didn't call you to be a missionary but he still called you to be his child. And if you don't influence but one soul on this planet and help get them to heaven, honey, that's enough. That's what God gave you to do. It's God that made you. Anybody that ever says I'm a self-made preacher or a self-made pastor, I ain't got time to hear nothing you got to say. I want to hear from the man that God called. I want to hear from the man that God brought through the fire. I want to hear from the lady that has survived hardship and trials and tests. I want these self-made Christian because it don't work that way. It is God who has made us, and not we ourselves. You can't be born again without God. You can't be a child of God without God. So I don't need your ideas or your attitudes or your books if you ain't got nothing to do with God. I want God in my life. We will receive power from the Holy Ghost. We get ability that comes from God. He is the potter. Isn't that what it says? He's the potter and we're the clay. And he is uh, making a work. He is working on you and he's working on me. He sets us in the body, calls us to be vessels, each with a specific duty. A gifting to work for the kingdom. But we will never fully be what God intended us. You listen to this. We'll never fully be what God intended us to be if we keep trying to be somebody else. God didn't call you to be somebody else. He called you to be you. He didn't call me to be nobody else. He called me to be me. People, very kind Early on in ministry things, they would, oh, just wait, Brother Walden, you're going to get you an RV and travel all over this country and, and preach, and, and you're going to be like Billy Graham preaching. I ain't Billy Graham. And, <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I ain't got no plans getting an RV and driving all over this country. I didn't then, I don't now. And unless the Lord were to wake me up tonight and tell me so, I don't believe I ever will. I know where I belong. Uh, it was through prayer and revelation that God showed us this was the the city, the place for us to be. For this church was to be started. So I know that I'm where I'm at. So I, I'm comfortable with that. Don't uh, listen. I didn't say I was complacent with that. I said I'm comfortable with that. Uh, you know, I'm good in. Winterville, Georgia. I don't need to be in a, a bigger city. I don't need to be on a bigger stage. I need to be where I work. I need to be where God placed me. And I need to be satisfied that this is my part of the body to work in. And it might be, not be the biggest work, but it's just as important as any other work. If it's only 300 and not 3000, it's still important to God. And I'm not gonna die on who I'm not. Well, God, if you can't give me 15,000 people, I'm just going to quit. God's going to say, well, then quit. Because that ain't what I called you to. Let me tell you, yes, I want to grow. Yes, I want to get better every day. I want to strive for perfection. I want us to be the absolute best church that we can be. But I am not going to die comparing myself to somebody else. I am going to be happy right where I am, right what I'm doing. God will provide us souls. God will provide us people to work with. God will make sure miracles and signs and wonders happen right here in our midst because we're going to be faithful and be who God called us to be. And it is God who called us. It is God who has made us, not we ourselves. And whenever any individual Or church body gets the revelation that, hey, I am glad for what God called me to be. Then, man, you can go wide open doing a work for the kingdom. But as long as you are handicapping yourself, thinking, well, I'm not them and I'm not that and I don't have this, you'll never get nothing done. Always looking at what you don't have instead of focusing on the good things that God has given you. Got the Holy Ghost? God is more than enough. There's a spirit inside of me. It didn't come from man. Oh, but it come from him. And let me tell you, it'll give you all the power you need. It'll give you all the drive you need. It'll help you accomplish things that you never thought you could do. Paul got filled with the Holy Ghost and instead of destroying churches, he started building churches. Instead of uh attacking saints he started praying them through you think you ever thought that'd happen god knows what he's doing what if he'd have said god i don't want to start turning around preaching some other name i've been i've been having a good time persecuting everybody then you can just die right here on this road but that wasn't it he, he wanted to serve the lord And when he realized, hey, I shouldn't be a persecutor. I should be a preacher. Oh, he's like, man, I'm going to preach. And he started preaching the gospel. And he started telling these Jews about Christ. And he started working for the kingdom. And he didn't stop. They stoned him. They chased him. They hunted him. He was shipwrecked. They beat him. They locked him up. But he didn't care. He said, it's all right. Paul, man, why don't you get you a good, nice, safe place church where they don't beat you every week? Because this is what God... Called me to. And it'd be like them apostles going out with blood running down their back, thanking God that they were worthy. Oh, God, that you saw fit to put us in a place where we could proclaim the gospel. And if we got to take a lash or two for that, so be it. Because you made us, you called us. It's God. Quit comparing yourself and belittling your gift. Your call, quit doing that and do what God called you to do. You are of a grand design from the creator of all things. Out of everything you can see that's made, the Bible says there wasn't nothing made that he didn't have a hand in. Even the things that are made are made from the things that he made. So you don't look at nothing that, you know, we may not... Like these things sometimes, but he made them. He gave somebody the ability. He gave them a brain. Hey, we see brainless people doing stuff all the time, but you know he gave people intelligence. They can do stuff, put all these wires together, make them work, make them go, do all this stuff. There's a lot of y'all, if I said, hey, just come here, I want you to hook all this stuff up for me. I can't. That's all right if you can't. Because somebody can. But if I said, hey, I need somebody to do this, you say, "That's me. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Somebody else can't. God made us and set us in order and set us in the body. And, and what I'm trying to get you to see today is that be you. Yeah. Now, th- don't get me wrong. Don't say, oh, Pastor said I got the right to liberate myself and just be what I want to be. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So before you get crazy, yeah. listen, we lose identity in him. In him, we become new creatures. In him, we, we things are changed. The old man's passed away, all things are made new. But I'm, what I'm talking about is, is now that you're in the kingdom, now that you're in the body, stop not doing because you think you can't do and do what God called you to do. Yeah. Quit looking and, 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 and coveting after somebody else's calling or gift. And go ahead and be the best that you can be with what God called you to do. You know, I've, I've said this before. I know I have. I've used this example before. But playing ball coming up, uh, when we would put together a ball team, you make a lineup. And you always want the guy that's batting first to be fast and be able to get on base. I don't need you hitting it over the fence, buddy. I need you on base for the, for the big stick that's coming behind you. But here's the thing. That first batter gets on base, everybody's like, good hit. Well, here comes the cleanup, and he spots it over the fence, and he's the one everybody's shaking hands at home plate with. They're like, he got a two-run homer. He's getting all the glory. The leadoff guy, he's just going on in the dugout. But if he hadn't been on... Because you know what? The cleanup man, he can't do it by himself. There's three other batters in front of him. And if they all strike out, he don't get to hit. Everybody does their part. I have seen people who were lead off hitters. Man, they were natural. They was going to get on. We'd say automatic. We'd call them that. That'd be the name. They automatic. Why you call them that? Because they're going to be on base every time. That's why they batting number one. But they wanted to, they, they wanted to hit the long ball. And so all of a sudden they change the swing. And they popping up to the pitcher and popping up to the first baseman and striking out. What are you doing? I just want to hit a home run. That ain't your job. Get on base and let that man be a team player. Do what you do. Because nobody you know what he can't do? He can't hit a base hit. But let him throw it. It don't matter where it's at, he can hit it over the fence. You get on base that's what you do you're fast steal the base get an extra base cause that's what you do we need you on so we can get more runs do what you were designed to do oh I never thought about it like that yeah you know what we lost by one run cause you popped up if you had been on I don't want to lose nothing cause somebody ain't on Hey, you know what? I was thinking about this this morning. Sunday is our day. What are we doing Monday through Saturday to get ready for this day? If we would all just get ready in our gift and say, hey, when Sunday gets here, I'm going to be on so somebody can get right, so somebody can get saved, so somebody can get blessed. God might call me to speak a word to somebody. I want to be ready. I don't want to pop out. I don't want to strike out. I've seen it before. I hope it don't never happen here. If he don't ask me to preach this week, I ain't gonna do nothing but sit there all service. If they don't ask me to sing a solo this week, I might just show up late. No sir, no sir, no sir. That kind of attitude won't work. And let me tell you, it hurts you, it hurts the body. Listen, each one of us will have our time in our position. And we will do the things. But when everybody's there working together, when everybody's on, on fire and they're on target and they're on base, they, they're like, yes, sir, this is what I'm called to do. I'm called to greet people. I'm called to shake hands. I'm called to pray with people. I'm, I'm, I am called to sing. This is a ministry. It's singing. It's singing ain't for fun, it ain't for entertainment, it's for ministry. It helps to, to get people's hearts ready for the Word of God and it helps people to, to come out. and Sometimes it breaks chains off of them they pray through the Holy Ghost. How many people have we seen receive the Holy Ghost worshiping in the altar during the uh, worship part of the service? It matters. The preaching ain't the singing and the singing ain't the preaching. But, oh, ain't they good together? Yeah. If all we had was singing, can't nobody be saved because God chose preaching, the foolishness of preaching to save people. And so it all works together. And hey, if nobody was greeting people, if nobody was going around and talking to people, it'd be a very cold room, wouldn't it? But you got people who, who it's, God has just made them personable. He's made them just giddy and happy. And they just gush over you and they just love on you. And people say, man, I like that. There's some that run from you, but it's, they, they, people like that. They like that. They like somebody to know, hey, hey, hey they're glad I'm here. When we say we love you already, we mean it. And maybe you're not the hand-shaking, hug, neck-hugging type. That's all right. But you can speak to people. You can greet people. You can say hey to them. You can pray for people. You know what? I think that as as the world progresses, we can take things that are in this world now and use them in our giftings for God. You can use your social media accounts for things to 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 hey, encouragement. Yes, you could leave a testimony. Because too many people use it to destroy their walk. Don't do that. Don't do that. Use it to be to shine the glory of God. Let all them school buddies you graduated with thirty years ago see now. That you ain't that uh, old, you know foot shuffling dope head no more, but you now you're high-stepping, holy rolling. Yeah. I used to walk be walking through school. Just dragging my feet, eyes slit like that. that guy's going to be dead before he's 19. Long time since 19. Now. talking about Jesus, talking about church, talking about praying for people, talking about God doing things. Oh, yeah. Let them see who you are and be glad to be who you are. You know, in, uh, David was a good example of a lot of things, but embracing who he was, I think is one of the greatest examples he ever gave. When we read about, you know, David, he, He's a the, he's the kid that's kind of forgot about. When they come to anoint the next king, they didn't even mention him until the prophet said, hey, I know God didn't send me here on accident, so there got to be somebody else. Oh, well, yeah, there's one more. He's out keeping the sheep. He's on the backside of the desert over the pasture over there. He's, yeah, send somebody to get him because we're not sitting down until he gets here. They run, get him, bring him back, oil portal on the head. There he is. David goes back to being a shepherd. He didn't pack his bags and head to the throne. Anointing's on him, but he's still a shepherd. It's coming, but right now I'm still keeping sheep. I'm sure probably while he was there, I got to get back. I've been a bear sneaking around. I got to get back. There's been a lion sneaking around. i got to get back because I don't want to lose any sheep. I, I, I'm a shepherd. i got to get back. It's in him. It's in his heart. It's what he does. It's who he is. It's a shepherd. So anyway, you fast forward a little while and we'll find out he's, he's about to go uh, out to the battlefield. He finds out about Goliath to find the armies of the living God. And he's upset over this uh, language that the Philistine is using toward his God and toward God's army. And he's just like baffled that nobody has killed this man yet. But he gets there, and he, they bring him before Saul, and in Second uh, 17, 38, it says Saul gets David in there. He's trying to talk him out of it, but David like, I'm going. Don't worry. I'm going. So Saul armed David with his armor. Now Saul says that he was like a head taller than the rest of the people. He's head and shoulders tall. He's a big guy. Saul's a big dude, and David's a little ruddy lad. And Saul's taking his armor and putting it on him. And he puts that helmet on. I'm sure he probably he could push it up. Can't see? Coat of mail. Can you imagine what that must have weighed for David? And David girds his sword upon his armor. And he, he uh, saved to go and said, for he had not proved it. And David looks at Saul. I cannot go with these. I have not proved them. And David Put them off him. He realized this ain't who I am. This is not what I'm called to be. Now, everybody wants a sword. I mean, come on. It's an elegant weapon. I got the sword. People know I mean business. You see, I'm bad with sword. But if you don't know how to use a sword, you know why I ain't going to flip this around right now? Because I don't want to go to the ER. You know why I ain't going to try no tricks? Because I don't want to fly out there and get one of y'all. Because I am not a swordsman. But what I'm trying to say is that, that uh, David's you know going out to battle. They're trying to give him uh, the king's armor. But he ain't the king yet. He's anointed to be king. But he ain't the king yet. So he's like, uh, and maybe for just a moment he thought, oh, Saul's armor. And, of course, maybe Saul was thinking, because I ain't going out there. But I've put my armor on him, and if he wins, people say, well, Saul knew it, and Saul gave him his armor and let him go. And if he don't win, I can say, well, I tried to help him all I could. But I'll be blameless. But instead, David said, i got to put this off because this ain't me. This is not who I am? Oh, oh, that sword's nice. It's pretty. It's shiny. Yeah, that's it's a it's a great weapon. But it's not who I am. And in verse forty, it says, "And he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag which he had. Even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand. Remember that the sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Now." Five smooth stones. Sound like a band. Now, if I'm going to go out to battle, I'm thinking, man, I want I want to be walk because people think you bad if you come walking up like this. I mean, come on, hey, he means business. Something's going on. I don't know what he's intending to do. He look at him, but David said, "No, I tell you what, I'm going to take." He gets a bag of rocks, he puts me in his bag, and I was like, well, here goes David with his man purse on. (laughs) They don't know what he's got in that bag. Oh, he's got his sling in his hand. He's walking out toward a a giant. He's walking out on the battlefield. And he ain't got no helmet, and he ain't got no armor, because that ain't him. And he ain't been to military training. He ain't been out to uh, to learn all the tactics, he don't know any of that kind of stuff. But what he does know is, for hours and hours on end, he has loaded that sling and used it on the backside of that field. Time and time again, he has gotten, he has perfected the art of that, sl- that sling. He's he's just using man. He he could just hit anything with it. Man, he could kill uh, predators with it. He could take care of defend the flock with it. He he wasn't good with a sword, but he was good with a sling. He had in his hand and in his bag Everything he needed Everything he had to have was there And then When you look over to see what happens In verse 48 it says And it came to pass When the Philistine arose And came and drew nigh to meet David That David hasted and ran toward the army To meet the Philistine When you are comfortable In who God has made you You don't shy away From it you don't shy away from what God's called you to do. He, he run out with confidence. Because he knew that God has given me this ability. I may not have a helmet. And I may not have a sword. And, and people might be laughing at my little bag. But uh, what I got here is deadly. It says, and David put his hand in the bag and took a stone and slang it. And smote the Philistine in his forehead. Didn't hit him with a sword. Spear, arrow, a stone. It sunk in his forehead. He fell on his face in the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone because that's what David knew how to do. Who told you, child of God? Who told you that what you have? Isn't enough Whatever God has given you It is enough for you to defeat the giant That you are facing Who told you That your gift is too small Who told you that your gift is not the conventional weapon Who told you that it won't work Because when you go out in faith in the name of the Lord Even a Smooth stone and a leather sling is enough to bring down the biggest, baddest giant. He wasn't just somebody in the army. He was a champion. Never lost in battle. And let me tell you, it didn't just help David, but it helped his people. Because the bargain had been made. If I kill your man, then you serve us. All Israel was on the line with that little battle. You don't even realize how important it is what God's got for you, what hangs in the balance for you to do with your gift. Let me tell you today, Saul didn't make David. Jesse didn't make David. God made David. He had brothers shaking in their armor, upset because he even showed up. But now listen, David prevails over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. And there was no sword in the hand of David. There was no sword. Remember what he had in his hand? A sling. He did not trade what he had for something he could not use. He said, I know it's just a little piece of leather to somebody, but I've saved the flock time and time again. And I just defeated Goliath with this sling. This is what God gave me. Be who God made you. Conquer your giants. Conquer your foes. Do something great for the kingdom of God. God's people were going to be going into slavery. It would have been havoc in the kingdom if David had not done what God made him able to do. David, that's a pretty bad rock. Who told you? You can't go out to fight him. You're just a youth, but he's a man of war from his youth. Don't let anybody despise your youth. It is God who has made you. Whatever you do for him is going to bring glory to the God you serve. But everybody wants the sword. You might die with the sword in your hand. If David had a went to fight Goliath with Saul's armor, David would have died. Oh, no, God. Uh, David knew it wouldn't work. That's why he put it off. If he would have went and tried to face Saul and fought him hand to hand with a sword. David's out of the book. But he went with what God... I, hey, I don't want to die trying to be somebody else. I ain't talking about naturally. I'm talking about spiritually. I don't want to die trying to be somebody else. I want to be who God made me. Because David was a man after God's own heart. And let me, I believe that we today can be people, men and women, after God's heart. And we can do mighty things for the kingdom. The, let me tell you, the sling and the stone is what David... Was good with. The sword came later. I don't know that David ever used that sling and stone again because he began to go out with the armies. But I think somebody probably said, Hey, David, we need to get you hooked up with a sword that'll fit you. And we need to train you. And, and you know, they begin to sing songs about David killed his 10,000. He didn't kill 10,000 people with a sling. He didn't become that mighty warrior with just a sling. After David kills Goliath, it says there was no sword in his hand. Still had the sling. He puts the sling up because he's used what God gave him. Won the victory. And he picks up the sword of Goliath and takes off his head. Whatever you're striving for, it'll come. But right where you are right now, use what God has given you to be great for the kingdom. And whatever else you're trying for, it'll come. Whatever else you you want to see happen in your ministry and your walk. Maybe you're just a young person and you're still living at home and you, you can't go nowhere yet. But one day maybe you'd like to be a missionary. Or you'd like to be a pastor. Or you'd like to be a preacher. You know what? Just start where you are. Start doing. Start talking to your friends about Jesus. Yeah, teach Bible study at home. Teach Bible study at your school. If it's a pulpit you want to see yourself behind one day preaching the gospel with the right reasons, God will open that door. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. God will make sure that you get where you're going. And David, he's going to need a sword if he's going to be king. But right now, he's still a shepherd. And so he's going to use what a shepherd uses. ain't no shepherd sitting out there watching sheep with a sword hanging off the side. Staff, sling, and a rock. And that was enough. That was enough to deliver Israel and to bring David on the next step of his journey. I'm almost done. You be the you that God has made you. The Bible says in Christ we are new creatures. He made us new. And abilities and potential and talent come with that newness. Be who God called you to be. Every saint, and I believe every church, I've said this already, uh, every church body has a specialty. There are things that they are good at. I know there's a lot of things we have in common to preach the gospel, but because of the areas that some are in, they're gifted to reach a certain culture, or they're gifted, you know, some people are near military bases, and they have programs and gifts, and they, they're able to handle that, that turnover as people are uh, sent out on tour and come back or or get or either retire out, you know, they they lose, they have a lot of turnover if you're near a a military base. But they help those people. They learn how in that short period of time to impact them and and that's what they do. And they're never going to have 15,000 people because people are coming and going all the time. You know, we're a little different. We're, We're near a college campus and we get new college kids in and then college kids going out and college kids in and college kids out. That's how it is. But that's what God has called us to, and this is where we are. So we focus on what God has gave us, and we're in the place that God called us to be, and and we're going to be happy, and do the work that God has called us to do. Yeah. Brother Green was praying for me a few weeks, maybe a month or so ago. We were in a service where he was at, and and he told me he said that there was a brother Kraft out in Mississippi, and said he his ministry out of his church he said probably 35 pastors missionaries pastors wives evangelists different things that came out of his church he said it's like they come in they get trained they go out and and he said i feel that same kind of gifting for your church that there's ministries being trained and people going out and and so it helps you to understand and you don't worry so much when people have to go Because you know they're going to do a work for the kingdom. And this doesn't mean anything. But when they go, God will send somebody. I'm not talking about people can just be replaced. I'm talking about God going to keep things going. This church is going to keep going. And it's going to keep preparing people and getting people ready and, and, and getting ministries going. And people are going to preach and be missionaries. And I don't know who ought to go to another country or who might start a church somewhere. But God is going to raise ministries up out of this church. It's going to happen. But right now. Don't come to me after this message. Hey, I'm just going to start a church over here in Elberton. But slow down you still got the sling in your hand. It ain't time for the sword yet. Get ready. Take your time. Take your time. Listen. And when we accept that, that's what brings a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. That's what brings the peace of God that passes understanding. That's what gives us strong confidence in God and ultimate victory in hymns. When we realize this is who I'm called to be. And this is what I'm called to do. And if that's what God wants, how many people want what God wants? If that's what God wants, don't compare. Compensate. If you want to be better, work harder. Hmm? If you, you, know, if you, you know, start studying more, start reading more, if you, if you don't, don't compare yourself and say, well, look what I don't have, work on it. Work on it. Compensate and begin to, to, to add things in your life. Start a study habit. Start a fasting routine. Start a, bit more, a better prayer life. Do whatever you've got to do, but don't quit. And don't compare yourself to nobody else. Just because uh, you lack in one area doesn't mean you're worthless. Hello? Just because you lack in one area, it doesn't mean you're worthless. Now, David had no military training. But he'd had some practice with that sling. He had no skill with a sword, but he was deadly with a stone. He, couldn't have, he probably couldn't have killed the armor bearer with that sword. But with that stone, he was ready to go. So do what you've got to do and do it with your might. Honey, come on up to the music. Be the best with what you've got. Strive to be better. Always seek to improve. But don't stop and don't compare. In prayer meeting the other night, as I was walking, just praying, and we were going, Lord, I didn't even know I was going to preach this today, but I, just something he laid on my heart. And it was this. said, when we compare, we compete. And when we compete, we're no longer on the same side. Don't do that to your brother or sister. Don't put them on the opposite side of the fence from you. Don't, you know, some people don't even know they're being compared. That's not fair. Don't do it to them. They shouldn't do it to you. You shouldn't do it to them. Don't compare because when you compare, you start competing. I don't want to compete with nobody. We're all in this together. I don't want to. Comp- I don't want to compete with Brother Cole. I don't want to compete with Brother Fowler. I don't want to compete with Brother Hammond. I don't want to compete with nobody else nowhere in this state or in this world. I want us to all work for the kingdom and see revival in every church and souls and miracles in every church. I want to see God do a work everywhere. I'm not here to compete with nobody. Paul, as great as things he had going on, he wasn't always happy with his life. And he had to learn a lesson. He told the Lord, in Second Corinthians he was he recounted the story. He said, I, "You know I told the Lord some things going wrong in my life. got some things I'd like you to change. I've got these thorns in my flesh, and God, I'm ready for you to move these things." But then the Lord told him, said, "Paul, he said, "My grace is sufficient." I ain't got to change a thing about you. You can still work for me. You can still build churches and preach the gospel just like you are. These things don't have to go. And so Paul said, you know what? So I will then gladly rejoice in my infirmities. I'll celebrate necessities and problems and and all these things, persecutions, distresses. He said, for when I am weak, then am I strong. In other words, when I'm lacking and I keep working, I'm actually strong because the power of Christ rests on me. It's not me that's made this, it's God. It is God who has made us and not we ourselves. And so he's saying, when I am weak, when I feel like I can't do nothing right, whenever it looks like things are wrong in my life or I don't have, actually I'm strong. Because God is going to make up the difference David told Goliath I see what you've got Spear Shield and Sword But I know what I got And it wasn't just that rock And that sling But it was the Lord He said I come to you in the name of the Lord And so Maybe to the naked eye, it might look like I don't know if you got what it takes until you come face to face, and they realize, "Whoa! Can't they do it? Can't they do it? Whatever God has gifted you for, that's you, and it will bring victory, and it will bring a revival." One man, shoulder, one kid showed a whole army this is what it takes when one person will use their gift now you know what these men up there were trained soldiers and if David could hit him with a rock I just am sure that somebody could have hit him with an arrow but fear or comparing themselves to Goliath froze him David said, I don't have to be nobody else. I ain't got to be Goliath. I ain't got to be Saul. I just got to be me. And me and God always going to be enough. Let's stand together. I know the the stone may not look as elegant as the sword, but it got the job done. You can get the job done. Let's come find a place in this altar today and ask God to show us our giftings. Let's find a place to pray today and say, God, I'm going to be who you called me to be. And until the time that it changes, I'm going to do all I can with all I've got right now. Use me, God. Use me up if you have to, but use me right now for your glory. I might not be the most eloquent. I might not be the wisest. But, Lord, I am available. And I am ready. And I'm ready to offer myself. Let's pray, saints. Let's pray to the Lord this morning. you take the hand of somebody beside you we're going to get ready to pray one more time together but I want you to tell that one on your left or right or I believe in you and I believe in what God has made you and now I want you to pray for him I want to see God use you in your gift come on let's pray together pray for the one on either side of you today God, use my brother and sister. Don't pray for yourself. Somebody else is praying for you. Pray for your brother and sister. God, use them in the gifting that you've called them to be. In the name of Jesus, God, let us get a revelation today. It is you that has made us and not we ourselves. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. And we will praise you because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God, let us work in our calling. Let us work in our field, God. Let us do the things that you've called us to do. Let us rejoice and be glad for the places that you've placed us in the body. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful to be part of the body? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say yes to the Lord. Somebody say yes to the Lord. Praise God. God's good to us. I believe in your church and I love you. And I know there's greatness in every one of you. I want to see it just work to the fullest of its potential. I know you can do great things for the kingdom. And I just want to be able to see it happen. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night at prayer. Tomorrow night is first Monday night prayer and communion. So let's be here for that. Gonna be a great time of the Lord, seven o'clock. Don't forget Sister Jamie's in the foyer. You can stop and talk to her about our missions trip. Everyone who's involved in children's ministry are going to be. We have a meeting, so get your fellowship and tied up real quick in youth sanctuary. That's good. Yeah, we'll meet in the youth sanctuary for our meeting. So head that way as soon as you can. God bless you. We love you. And you are dismissed in Jesus' name.